welcome to the Horse Talk Show. You never heard of a talking horse? With your host, Louisa Barton. I want to be a famous rider. I should like to race. Presented by Peterson and Smith Equine Hospital. Truth is, I help horses with people problems. Now here's the Brit on the bit, Louisa Barton! Yeah, baby! (laughs) The Larson family has been farming hay in Idaho for generations with a mission to always provide high-quality hay products at a fair and reasonable price. Larson Hay loves to meet new customers while always honoring the ones they already have. Find Larson Hay on the web at larsonhay.com, like them on Facebook, and definitely visit one of their locations. Larson Hay, Idaho's finest alfalfa, and our television broadcast sponsor. Hey, this is Hall of Fame jockey Mike Smith. We're listening to the Horse Talk Show. I'm Louisa Barton with the Horse Talk Show on Equus Television. We are on all the smart television platforms. And I'm here at the Mid-Atlantic Shale in Maryland, enjoying some beautiful Baltimore weather and the wonderful company of Gail Rice. I feel I should ask for her autograph since she's become super famous uh, since the Kentucky Derby when a horse that she bred and brought into the world in uh, Citrus, Florida, where I live, won the Kentucky Derby and came third in the Preakness. That's pretty exciting stuff. Gail, thank you so much for being with me again and co-hosting today with me for this very special news segment brought to you by Piranha. We all know we wouldn't like to have summer in Florida without Piranha. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much for having me. It's uh, it's been an exciting weekend, certainly uh, being at the Preakness and now being at the sales, where I feel there must be nobody left in Ocala at the moment. (laughs) They're all here, but we're going to start out with uh, we're going to put a little poster up here that that came right from Piranha about how it all began. How did you first fall in love with horses? I was at the racetrack and. My first husband took me to the track, um, started to work with horses. I won't tell you the details, but started to work with these two-year-olds. And the first time they breeze and they, they know they can go fast and the little eyes get huge. And they go, what did I just do? And I was like, that put it in me. To see those animals get so excited about running, I was like, this is for me. That makes total sense for me. The first photograph of me there is, other than my christening, as they call it in England, which is like baptism, christening. The first picture of me is on my mum's horse palace. I hate to say it's black and white, but it is. That probably dates me terribly. But a wonderful (laughs) photograph. And all I can remember is the first time I grabbed on the pommel, which is the front of the saddle, I thought, this is where I'm supposed to be. And from there on out, it was ponies and gymkhanas and show jumping and eventing. And now I have a Tennessee walker and a western saddle, and I like to ride on the beach and in the woods. So if that's not a big change, that is. That is. I just love it. And we can't live without these horses. The passion is inside of us, and you can't get rid of it. I left for a couple of years and went to North Carolina, but I took my horse and I rode in those mountains and it's lovely. I just love it up there. And then came back and just can't stay out of doing something with horses. And the breeding has my heart. That's my favorite thing now. Well, you're so darn good at it. (laughs) Let's just say I'm only going to come to you for breeding (laughs) advice from now on. And clearly, Whitman Sales, Christy Whitman, is quite good at consigning. Oh my goodness, yes. Oh my goodness, yes. The job they did with this horse. He worked 33 flat at OBS. It's all an incredible story, and we're going to talk a little bit about that too. Um, the Preakness Gale, share with us a little bit about how it feels to see the horse that you brought into the world. Even to be in the top 20 horses in the country, 
and yes. make it to the Derby, mm-hmm. I wouldn't care if I came 20th <laughs> with my horse mm-hmm. in the Derby. I'd be like, wow, he's in the top 20 out of like, what, 50, 60, 70, 80,000 thoroughbreds. That in itself is such an honor, right? To win the Derby and then two weeks later, after a 12 hour trip, yes. make it to Maryland in Springfield and still come third yes. against the top horses in the country. And the duel between him and Midnight Urban yes. was all the way around, all the way around, he fought that horse and still ran third after his two weeks of. You know, just two weeks. These were fresh horses that he ran with. And Midnight Bourbon pressed him, and they knew they had to. That's junkie strategy, trainer strategy. We know this horse, how he runs. We're going to press him. And that's the challenge Medina Spirit had. And he did a very good job. I was very happy with him, very proud of him. So I couldn't have asked for a better day. He could have won, but, you know. It's okay. I'm really good with third. So talk a little bit about um, some of what has happened in the last couple of weeks. And I know it's a very sensitive subject, but, um, you know, now that he's off the Triple Crown Trail, he can certainly focus on many other graded stakes races coming up. Obviously, we'd love to see him go to the Breeders' Cup and um, win the Classic against yes. even older horses, which would certainly be uh, amazing. I think the best thing for him now, if I was his trainer, would be a rest. Um, he ran the race of his life, obviously, in the Derby and against the top horses. So, love to see him get a rest and come back maybe in the Travis or the Haskell. Saratoga. We have to go to Saratoga. That would be the place. Let's go to the Travers. That's the spot to be in. And the Breeders' Cup. His Breeders' Cup, I'm, I can get Breeders' Awards if we run it, win in the Breeders' Cup. You certainly deserve <laughs> that. And um, I think if you and I and Christy could get to see him race in the Classic, that would be amazing. I think you know, they have so much more time to mature between now and November. I think that's so important. These horses are still so young. Um, by thoroughbred standards, of course, the first of the year being three, but a lot of them aren't three until five months, mm-hmm. maybe April, May, June, so they're not as mature as some of the other horses. So we see a lot of changes in when they peak between now and November, right? Oh, absolutely. And he's in April fall, so they start falling in January. So he's four months behind some of these earlier babies. So he's still maturing. He's going to fill out. He's going to grow yet. And he's just wait when we see him the next time after just I think they're going to give him a short break. He's just going to be massive till the fall. Amazing. And and actually, I don't remember. I think it was the year before last that Travis actually fell on my birthday in August. So, you know, it could just be a treat. We could just celebrate. Absolutely. I think it would be a lot of fun. Yes. Um, Something that I do want to say, whether you're at Ocalabrina Sales or you're here at the Phase of Tipton Sale, in Baltimore, Maryland, when I look through this book right here, I see about two-thirds of the horses consigned here by our Ocala, Marion County, and surrounding area folks. Yes. And I can tell you something. Every single time I'm watching the Derby, the Preakness, the Belmont, the Travers, the Haskell, the Breeders' Cup, two-thirds of the horses in the starting gate came from consigners in Ocala. So what can I tell you? Make that your point when you're buying. Ocala. Yes. And if I was you, I'd be at Christy Whitman's. I uh, would too. I think I would buy ours from Christy. She knows what she's doing. She's a hard worker. She's a great person and she and she puts out a great product. She can pick so, a good horse. She can pick one. So if you need two ladies, one that can definitely breed them. <laughs> And one that can definitely train them and yes. consign them. Mm-hmm. I think these two ladies, Gail Rice and Christy Whitman, I am so blessed that I have got to know both of them over the course of the last few weeks. I make it a point to get to know the people that are in the top races. If they're connected to the horse capital, mm-hmm. I make a point. But I don't always make two new best friends. So I feel <laughs> extremely blessed. It's to, a pleasure. It's really a pleasure. It's been an incredible time. I love to publicize our claims to fame from the real horse capital of the world. You know, we own the trademark. It's really us. And I think our people are producing the kind of horses and training the kind of horses that prove that's who we are. So I'm thrilled to be here. It's been an amazing experience. Congratulations to Medina Spirit. 
and all his connections. Mr. Zidane has been such an amazing gentleman. Um, he's been so hospitable to all of us and so kind. So I feel like uh, the great things in the future for the horse industry. The sale is booming so far. Yes. We certainly hope the next OBS sale does the same. Gail Rice, wonderful job. Congratulations also to Christy Whitman here at Whitman Sales at the Phasic Kitchen Mid-Atlantic Sale. I'm Louise Barton for the Horse Talk Show, and we have more for you coming up. Stay with us. This show is brought to you in part by DAC Vitamins and Minerals of Florida. All horses need a solid immune system, excellent joint support, a healthy gut, and DAC has all the vitamins and minerals they need with the NASC stamp of approval. So like them on Facebook now or go to feeddac.com. DAC, it makes a world of difference. Are you ready to get loco? At Loco Graphics, every dollar matters to provide your ideas brought to life. Loco Graphics strives to get your message across and impact your customers, offering logo design, vehicle wraps, business cards, banners and more. Make your business shine and showcase who you are with nothing but the highest quality materials. The difference is in the details. Impact your potential customers with Loco Graphics. Like them on Facebook now and find them on the web at locographics.com. Hi, this is Hall of Fame jockey Mike Smith. We're listening to the Horse Talk Show. I'm Louisa Barton for the Horse Talk Show and Equus TV. Thrilled to be here this morning with Christy Whitman, watching her doing what she does best, training horses. And that's a proven fact uh, since we saw one of her protégés that actually was was with her from yearling to two-year-old sale. Uh, a a well-made decision there uh, in the ring, picking a horse for $1,000. I'm not sure that a derby horse ever was a $1,000 yearling. It was interesting to watch the, the progress of this horse as he was kind 
kind of the underdog under the radar. Even Bob Baffert, who had already won six Kentucky Derbies the day before, didn't think he had a chance. It's kind of an exciting story. So, so moving on, kind of to his 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 stakes races, kind of coming up, prepping for the Derby. He actually came second in the San Felipe Stakes and the Santa Anita Derby, just like the last Florida bred to win the Kentucky Derby Silver Charm. So. How much do you kind of track the progress, Christy, of the horses that you've had either in your care or that you've bought and sold or that you've had any part of the training? Kind of how much do you, I would be like following all of them, uh, wanting to know how they did. And and that has to be something you you probably do. And certainly with this horse, as he was going through his his stakes races, what were you thinking? And were you going, wow, could he really make it to the Derby? Yeah. um, I mean, because I, I sell them, I try to follow all of them because, you know, it's important to me to see, um, you know, what they're accomplishing on the track. And, and obviously I want the horses I sell to go out and, and do well, because then that's going to bring people back. Um, so yeah, I try to keep track of all of them. Um, and I mean, with him, I saw his first start at Los Al and I thought he won pretty impressively. And that was, I was like, wow, he's bathroom. That's, that's awesome. You know? So, um, when, uh, when he went up to Santa Anita and he was in the Lewis stakes, um, and I was watching that race and uh, I was just, you know, to me, I was just like, oh, it's cool. He's in a stakes race, um, which I think I think that was his third race. I think he had I think at that time had just lost the race before had lost to life is good by like just two quarters of a length or something crazy. And I was thinking in that race, I was like, man, he almost caught that horse, you know, like if we'd had another 16th, you know, so I was kind of impressed there. And um, so when the Lewis, I was watching it and I remember watching the race and um you know, like I said, I try to keep up with all of them. I'm watching the race unfold, and um, when he comes off the, you know, he's coming off the turn of the stretch, and I was like, oh, man, he's done. They're going to run right by him. You know, I was kind of disappointed. And then it's like he came back, and it was just crazy because those horses came to him, and he held off, and that was, like, the most exciting thing I've ever seen. And I'm, I'm kind of a, you know, reserved kind of quiet person, and I was just, wow, I was... I was really impressed with that race. And, um, you know, to me, it it was probably, I mean, in my opinion, one of the most impressive races, you know, on the Triple Crown Trail of the season because, I mean, he got pressured right out of the gate, all the way up the backside. Those horses fell off. And then, you know, Hot Ride Charlie and Roman Centurion came to him. And, you know, for him to hold on and fight like that was, I mean, it gave me chills. It was just that to me was an incredible race and I really got respect for that horse at that. And I said, wow, this is a really good horse. And, um, you know, I was really, really excited, um, you know, to see him go. And then of course, when the sham came up and he was up against, I think it was the sham anyway, he was up life is good again. And of course he ran off with the race and um, I was a little disappointed with that, but I mean, that's a, that's a really good horse. And then, of course, unfortunately, you know, he came with a chip in his ankle and was sidelined. And um, so when Medina came back up in the Santa Anita Derby, um, I remember thinking the night before, I was like, I just want him to win this race, you know, because it's a grade one race. It's a big race. And I was like, that's all I want. I just want him to win this race because it seems like all the time, you know, over the years, it's like so many things like you, you want to happen and you want all the things to fall in place for that big moment. And then they don't, you know, and it kind of gets disappointing, um, when that happens. So I, I was like, I just want him to win this race. You know, I knew he was on the Derby trail, but at that point I was kind of like, that's a pretty far fetched, you know, dream. So I just wanted him to win that race. And, um, when rock your world came out went to the front and, um, you know, just got off on an easy lead and not taking anything away, like rock your world's a great horse too, but you know, just got away from him and he just couldn't get, you know, collar him in. But if, you know, I watched that race and if you take Rock Your World out and you watch what's going on behind him, you know, this battle for second, it's like the same thing all over again. Um, you know, he, he's there and then this horse comes at him and actually passes him and then he battles back and puts that horse away by a couple links. And it was, that was really impressive to me. Um, and like I said, I know it's visually impressive to see these horses get out on the front end and just, you know, romp by eight or nine lengths. But sometimes you wonder, you know, when you get perfect trips like that, what happens when they get in a dogfight? You know, um, not taking away anything from those horses because, like I said, they're they're really good horses in their own respect. But um, it just kind of left me wondering, you know, what would happen if he ever hooks up with them? So, um, you know, we came up to Derby Week, and I was just trying not to really get my hopes up because, you know, I was like, 
it's a derby and there's so many good horses in there and then like i said with life is good you know getting injured and then concert tour not going and medina ended up being baffert's only horse it was just it was really uh it was a really cool feeling you know, it's it, it's funny you say that because the morning uh, after the derby, we were at Baffert's barn with Gail Rice, the breeder, and he didn't know Gail Rice was the breeder. So I took her over. I said, you know, Bob, this is the breeder. And he's like, oh, I thought the, the guy who owned Protonico was the breeder. And Gail said, no, 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 it was me. Wayne Rice, my ex-husband, gave me this horse, uh, this mare. And, and you know, I bred her to, to Protonico. Of course, she was born in, in Florida. He was born in Florida. And, she, and Bob said, oh. And, you know, he said, you know, I didn't, honestly, even the day before, I didn't think he had a chance. You know, my big horses this year were Life is Good and Concert Tour, both out of that, you know. And, you know, Medina was training with them a lot, right. you know, and uh, probably tired him out a bit uh, because he certainly can give any horse a run for the money. But but he said, you know, my son, Bodie, uh, Bob's son, said to him the day before the Derby. Dad, um, like every time you come second in the Santa Anita Derby, you win the Derby. Don't you think you're just going to win the Derby with Medina Spirit? And Bob's like, ah. he goes, I should listen to my son. Right. So so it's kind of a neat story. You know, we've got this underdog. It's the Cinderella story. Uh, certainly exciting. We love it when it's a Florida bread. We love it when it's an Ocala bread. We love it when we know the people and all the connections and it's so exciting. And then to have a horse be a $1,000 yearling, a $35,000 two-year-old, win the Kentucky Derby, which is the most iconic race probably in the world. Gosh, what a feeling. So when the Kentucky Derby is running and he comes out of the gate and, and I hear the, the announcer whose name's escaping me, even though I know him really well, uh, I love his voice. I love listening to him. And he says, Medina Spirit's taking the lead. I went, I had like goose pimples all over. I was like, oh my gosh, is he going to stay? Can he stay in the lead? You know, and then he does. What were your feelings while the derby is running? And, and you were at World Equestrian Center with your kids. Um, what was going through your head watching that race standing there? You have to have been, I was on pins and needles, so I can only imagine how you feel. Yeah, well, um, so we went to World Equestrian Center um, to watch it. And um, yeah, so when he broke out and he was on top and I was like, oh, well, that's great. I mean, like normally I don't like to see a horse on the lead, especially not in the derby because, you know, but I was uh, all week long. I'd been thinking, you know, if he's got a shot in this race, he's got to be where he can look these horses in the eye. You know, he, he can't be trying to catch somebody, you know, he's got to be there where he can fight. And when he was on the lead, I was like, well, that's that's the perfect spot, you know, and then all the way around, I'm going, you know, he's going to get tired, <laughs> you know, in the back of my mind, my, my reality, whatever check is going, you know, he's going to get tired, uh, in the stretch, you know, so there, and so I'm trying not to like, let this build, uh, you know, all this excitement and, um, they're coming around the turn and I'm going, Oh my God, here they come, here they come. Right. You know, and I, and you know, part of me was wanting to go, well, well maybe. And then, but my reality is going now, it's not going to happen because like I said, just, you know, for me, it's like that never happens. So, um, you know, they're coming down the lane and I'm getting excited and my girls are starting to, you know, he's still there. He's still there. And, um, you know, part of me is going, well, maybe, well, maybe. And then like I said, the other part's still going, no, you know, what's going to happen. They're going to catch him 50 yards from the wire. You know, like this is my internal battle. Like I'm trying not to let myself, you know, set up for a letdown. And, um, I mean, I was just thrilled to, to have a horse in the race anyway. Um, but anyway, as they're coming down the, the stretch and I'm going, oh, my God, I, I think he's actually going to win. And, you know, just, you know, a few, few 50 yards from the wire, I'm going, oh, my God, he's going to win. And, and it hit me. And, you know, me and my girls and we're screaming and we're yelling and we're jumping up and down. And when he crossed the wire, I just got, um, you know, really emotional. And I started crying and I couldn't stop shaking. And it was just like. What a moment. I can't believe that I just bought and sold a horse that won the Kentucky Derby, you know, and like all of the everything's, you know, surrounding, you know, that horse and how he got there. And it's just it's, it's incredible. Hold that thought. We just got the wrap up sign. One more uh, visit with Christy Whitman to wrap this up and talk a little bit about what's next and what she thinks his chances might be. So excited to be here with Christy Whitman in Ocala. Louisa Barton for the Horse Talk Show. Thank you to our presenting sponsor, Peterson and Smith Equine Hospital and Complete Care, and Larson Hay, our broadcast and television sponsor, plus supporting sponsors, DAC Vitamins and Minerals, Seminole Feed Stores, Piranha, TT Distributors, and the Hilton Garden Inn, downtown Louisville. 
This show was brought to you in part by Seminole Feed Stores, family-owned since 1934. Manufacturing fixed-formula horse feeds with mindful monitoring and quality ingredients right here in Ocala in an all-natural, non-medicated feed mill. Seminole Feed, simply the world's best and safest feed. Like them on Facebook now or find them at SeminoleFeed.com. Louisa Barton for the Horse Talk Show and Equus TV, sitting with Christy Whitman of Christy Whitman Sales. It was Christy that made the choice to uh, purchase a $1,000 yearling that ended up as a $35,000 two-year-old and ended up in Bob Baffert's barn and then won the 147th run of the Kentucky Derby. I was thrilled to be there. I was so happy for the breeder, Gail Rice, of course, Florida bred Medina Spirit, um, truly a horse to watch. Um, Christy, so we were talking a little bit about your World of center with your two daughters right and um you watched the race and a, a very emotional obviously a moment you like me were probably looking at him going he's, he's going to get caught he's going to get tired you know longest race uh, that he's done and the, obviously 19 other horses in there he's never done that before um it's a big deal uh the derby it's it's hard on horses it's a it's it's a it's a tough deal for for the the age that they are he certainly showed up he proved himself um, absolutely. And I saw him in the barn the next morning and I have seen every Derby winner the day after the Derby for the last five years, maybe except authentic last year because the media was so limited and everyone I've ever seen, I think, except maybe Pharaoh, um, looked very tired, kind of hang their head in the corner or lying down, look really like taken out. Let me tell you something. Medina Spirit was so feisty. He was eating this microphone, the one that I'm holding. Um, he was trying to eat Gail's hair. He definitely remembered her. He wanted to play for sure. Um, he was, uh, I'm going to say, extremely energetic, very alert, ears forward. He looked like if you took him out and needed him to run the Kentucky Derby over again that morning, that he would be more than happy to go ahead and do it and win again. So I think that's a very, very good sign for um, the upcoming Preakness. Of course, no horses are trained to run two weeks later, especially on a different track in a different environment with a, a different weather and, and the traveling and everything else. So this is a huge big deal um, for him to go ahead and, and, and be at Pimlico and, uh, and run in the in the Preakness. Tell me what your thoughts are of what you know. You obviously know him very well, what kind of horse he is. Um, he's very tenacious and very strong. Um, tell me what your thoughts are about the Preakness and what you think his chances are in a shorter race um, and, and in this different situation now coming up so quickly upon us in just, uh, just over a week. Well, I mean, the Triple Crown is the Triple Crown because it's hard to win right so i mean it's going to take a great horse to win and sometimes the best horse doesn't always win um you know because it's a very demanding series but i think he's definitely got a shot um i mean i thought he had a shot in the derby you know i i was kind of not wanting to get my hopes up and you know really uh try to just be uh realistic um but you know i thought he had a shot but there's you know there's a lot of good horses out there there were a lot of good horses in that race but he proved that he's just as good as any of them um you know so i think yeah i think definitely he's got a shot um obviously he needs to be there where he can he can fight again but um, that's encouraging that he's you know doesn't seem like it took a lot out of him but you know i i think he's definitely proven and keeps proving again that you know he's just as good as any of the horses out there right now and um I said, I, I think he's got more heart than anything on the track right now. And, you know, he, he's definitely, um, he's just so competitive. He's such a fighter and that's what makes him um, so special. You know, that's what, what really makes, sets him apart. Um, so yeah, I, I'm, I'm really excited to, uh, to see what happens. So your little girls, how old are they? And, and what did they 
did they know and understand your connection uh, to Medina Spirit? And did they understand that kind of their, their mom had won the Derby? <laughs> yeah, so they are 12 and 13 now. They'll be 13 and 14 coming up here pretty quickly. Um, so, yeah, they were with me. I mean, and usually we just watch the Derby at home, you know, low-key. So I watch the Derby at home. And um, But uh, this year I said, you know, we need to get out and kind of do something special, you know, together uh, um, as a family. And I was like, we have a, der- a horse in the Derby. We have to go watch, you know. So um, my youngest daughter, she uh, recently sold um, her one of her show lambs. Um, so she took the money and she, a few days before, she said, mom, we need to go shopping. Um, she's like, I wanna buy you a dress. So we went to Bales and she bought me like an $8 dress and we ended up getting matching dresses because that's what she wanted to do. I mean, they look great, but you know, um, so she, she bought us matching dresses. And then my other daughter, she has a, a beautiful dress that she wears to a lot of, a, you know, her school occasions. And um, so we went and it was so much fun, but, um, but yeah, I mean, like they knew they. I mean, they've grown up around the barn, around the sales. I mean, I was pregnant on the pony horse, you know, both years that they were born. So I mean, they've literally grown. Everybody at the sales knows them, and and um, you know, they don't come around as much now because they're older and they have a lot of you know academic stuff and things like that. Um, but yeah, so um, they know it's important and and they know how big it is. But I don't, I don't think they really grasp like just how once in a lifetime this is for me for for all of us you know for everybody involved in the horse um you know i it, to me it's like you know i liken it to the lottery like yeah we all want to win the lottery but it's like it never happens you know or it happens but not you know always for somebody else so i mean this is just such a, a once in a lifetime opportunity for myself and and everybody involved you know all, all the you know, and I want to give a shout out to all the all the smaller people that were involved with this horse because this is really what makes this story special. And, and to me, and to Gail, and to the to you know his his rider, the person that you know rode him, broke him, took care of him. You know, I mean, somebody cleaned his stall, somebody put shoes on that horse, somebody put a nameplate on a halter for me. I mean, there's so many, you know, ties to this that that make this so special. Um, and I and I really want everybody to feel like you know. This is something that we're all a part of and that anybody could be a part of. I mean, anybody could have given $1,000 for that horse that day. Um, and, and it just, it's what makes racing so great, you know, that it gives hope to people on all levels, you know. And, I, and I'm just thrilled that, you know, that it, it was for Baffert, his record-breaking derby win. I mean, I've always had so much respect for Baffert as a trainer and a horse person. I mean, he's, he's just got that natural eye for a horse, you know. And, and I love his horses because they always have great hips and good top lines. I mean, they're just beautiful, you know, physical horses. And, um, you know, like I said, but, uh, yeah, it was, it was really fun that day and really special um, for them to kind of be a part of it. And, um, it, you know, it just made for a, a, really, a really emotional moment. So Jimmy Barnes, the assistant trainer um, to Bob Baffert, told me after American Pharaoh broke the 37-year wait for the Triple Crown, he said it kind of changed the way that he looks at horses because he started trying to find similar traits. And actually, J.B. McCathan, God rest his soul, told me the same thing as Kevin McCathan did when they had Pharaoh here training uh, uh, on the track. And they said it also gave them a different... They found themselves looking for horses like him Right. You know, with with similar looks, similar personality. Um, you know, a lot of people attribute uh, intelligence to horses that end up uh, winning stakes races, that they're very smart horses. Has this kind of made you start thinking about looking for horses? Uh, obviously, you go for a similar look, as you said, top line, that sort of thing. Um, hip, very important. But has it given you a, 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 any kind of a different perspective on maybe your next purchase? Um, I mean, kind of yes and no. I mean, definitely horses that what we call have, have class, you know, classy horses um, just make great horses because, you know, they don't get bothered by what's going on around them. They're focused in what they're supposed to be doing, you know. Um, so those horses are always easy to train and they usually excel, um, you know, where sometimes horses with ability but don't have a mind to go with it um, don't always reach their full potential. Um, so the fact that this horse has such a good mind and obviously he has so much heart and determination, you know, is 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 just one of the things you wish they all had um but yeah i mean this this horse kind of really fit into to what i look for in a horse um you know it, but i'm definitely i want to keep looking for that you know the athletic uh you know just the athletic look like i said the horse had a great walk he just had was really well put together really well balanced um 
I mean, over the years when I first started out, I kind of really liked more of like the quarter horsey look, like that really big hip and that, you know, stout body. But over the years, I've changed. I've gotten away from that more towards, um, you know, more towards a horse like him. It's more of a classic type uh, built, you know, a horse that can get two turns. A horse that's going to be later maturing because those are the horses that everybody wants because those are the horses that are going to win the big important races. So that's definitely something that um, I, I kind of been, have incorporated in a little bit. So true. I cannot believe how fast it goes by chatting to someone who knows so much about the thoroughbred racing industry and obviously a, a huge success, a hard worker, dedicated to uh, making sure these horses are all successful. Uh, incredible. Congratulations, Christy. I am, I, I've got goose pimples again. I'm telling you, I think it's the most amazing, exciting thing. And we love to see the littler people come out on top uh, Bob said it absolutely perfectly it's what derby dreams are all about and Christie's certainly are coming true and we hope they continue in the Preakness I'm Louisa Barton for the Horse Talk Show here with Christy Whitman Equestrians it's time to take care of yourself as well as you do your horse so get down to Pulse Centre of Ocala the PEMF wave is safe and it's a therapy that charges your cells and allows them to function at their fullest capacity so you heal much faster. Check them out at pulsecenterfl.com now and tell them you heard about it on the Horse Talk Show for a free demo. The Larson family has been farming hay in Idaho for generations with a mission to always provide high quality hay products at a fair and reasonable price. Larson Hay loves to meet new customers while always honoring the ones they already have. Find Larson Hay on the web at larsonhay.com, like them on Facebook, and definitely visit one of their locations. Larson Hay, Idaho's finest alfalfa, and our television broadcast sponsor. Welcome back to the Horse Talk Show. You ever heard of a talking horse? Well, listen to this. With your host, Louisa Barton. What does it feel like to be in love with a horse? Presented by Palm Chevrolet, your hometown Chevy experience. Back in the saddle again. Now, here's your pretty, pretty Louisa Barton! You're fab, you're switched on, you're a bit of all right, yes! <laughs> yeah, baby! <laughs> yeah. I'm Louisa Barton for the Horse Talk Show and Equus TV, and I'm here at the beautiful World Equestrian Center visiting Titanium here. Uh, beautiful Arabian gelding and his owner, Brianna Foley. Brianna Foley's showing here this weekend. In fact, this evening, he'll be uh, in action competing. Brianna, tell us a little bit, um, first of all, about your experience in the, in the Arabian horse world. I know you've been riding since you were nine, so a couple of years. Um, tell us a little more. Um, I started riding when I was nine and actually competing at at that young of an age and then went off to college, didn't ride for a while and then my girls started riding so now we're here, we're here again and competing here at this beautiful World Equestrian Center. Tell us a little bit about Titanium. He, he's a showstopper for sure. As we were passing by, he was actually the one that we went, oh my gosh, he's so beautiful. Um, tell us a little bit about the breed and about him in particular. Um, he's a purebred gilding. He's six years old. Um, he actually was national champion in the Futurity as a three-year-old. And um, he's had a little bit of a journey. He actually had to have a colic surgery last year. So now he's back and, and ready to go. So we're excited to show him here tonight in the outdoor arena. And tell us a little bit about this show, um, what it means to the Arabian world, the importance of it, number of competitors, a little bit of the, uh, about the show itself. Um, I have heard that this show actually has 150 horses more than last year, so we're very excited about that, and hopefully the industry is growing as we speak. Hi. <laughs> um, but the classes have been rather large. Um, I think I have maybe 21 in my class coming up tonight, so um, it's always better to have a big class than be the only one out there riding around, so it'll be good. A good experience. Um, 
tell us what he will be expected to do in the class and, and what the other um, competitors will be doing and kind of your goals with him to to at least do very well, if not place or win. We'd certainly love it if you won, especially if we got to air the interview afterwards. <laughs> um, well, in the I show him Hunter Pleasure. He's going to have to walk, trot, um, hand gallop each way, uh, halt and back up. So as long as he does that steadily and beautifully, then hopefully we will win. <laughs> now you said he's six. That's still very young um, for a horse. How is it um, being in this environment for him? Has he been in a lot of shows where you know there's a lot going on, or, or does he get a little frazzled with all the all the busyness? He seems very laid back and happy with his hay in here, or the nice looking hay that he has. Yeah, he has his moments. He is young, so um, he doesn't have that much show experience yet. Um, but he's got a level head most of the time, and he's been working well during the warm-ups here. We, I think, have ridden him the last two days, and it's gone well. So, And what's your highest achievement with him so far, and kind of what is your bucket list or, or goal to do with him in the future? Because he's certainly very young. He's got years left to, uh, to enjoy competing. Yeah, so uh, if, if all goes well here at regionals, um, we'll probably end up taking him to nationals this year. Um, we sh my first real show with him was uh, last November in Tampa, and he was unanimous champion both in the Open and the Amateur. So we're uh, we're excited for his for his year this year. That's very exciting. Now you mentioned your girls. Um, you don't look old enough to have daughters, but obviously those are your daughters. Tell us a little bit about their their part in all this. Is this a, a family endeavor? Yes, I have two daughters. One is ten. One is thirteen. Um, and they have a half Arab that they're showing right now as well. And my oldest, my 13-year-old, may be showing this one as well. Um, they both competed at nationals last year and were top 10. And they'll be going back again this year. Uh, with their, This is a new horse for them, this new half Arab. And uh, my 13-year-old my, um, did show this morning. And she was top five in the adult class. So... That was wonderful to see, and she just knocked it out of the park. So she has a junior owner class this afternoon, and uh, hopefully she does well. You must be very proud. Tell us a little bit about the breed. Um, uh, Arabians are very versatile. They're known for so many things, from uh, my friend Heather Reynolds, who does endurance and wouldn't do endurance and anything but Arabians. Um, tell us a little bit about um, some of the other sports they're involved in and why they're so versatile. I, I personally always loved them. I had some um, Welsh Arabian cross ponies when I was younger and competed on them, and they had the just wonderful attributes and I enjoyed uh, riding them so much and my daughter also rode an Arabian for many years um, in shows so tell us a little bit for our listeners about the breed you know there are some misconceived notions about some breeds um, Pasofinos are another one that are amazing that that people think oh it's too much they're hot tell us a little bit about that especially if you if you have daughters riding and competing on the breed yeah um I mean, I, I don't know of another breed that can do so much. I mean, they, there's Arabians that are working cow horses. They do dressage. They jump. Uh, they show main ring. And um, I th they're versatile because they're so athletic. And, you know, they have long legs, long neck. Uh, I don't know what else to say about that. <laughs> so beautiful. Amazing. Um, so what is your, your goal to accomplish eventually? You want to do nationals? Um, anything else beyond that that you're thinking for, the, for him for the future? Um, ultimately, for the future, I want my girls to be able to compete on him. So we're hoping in the next couple of years, you know, he'll have enough show experience to, to make that happen. So we're just, um, the, my trainer, Elizabeth, and I are showing him now. And uh, our goal is uh, for next year for my daughters to show him. <laughs> He's so sweet. Talk a little bit about Elizabeth Pizzoni. How long have you known her and your training experience there? A personal friend of mine, I know she does a phenomenal job. Probably you, you love what she does with your kids as well. Um, share a little bit about that. Um, I think I've been with Elizabeth for about five years. Um, that's who my girls started with, and she's just raised them up to be fantastic riders. Um, I've known Elizabeth since I was little. We actually showed together, um, so I've known her for a long time, and I'm glad that she is uh, now my trainer. She's just doing a fabulous job. She's got such a wonderful youth program. Um, she's great with the kids. 
you don't have to be an experienced rider to ride at her barn. You know, you can not even have touched a horse and she'll welcome you into the barn. And from learning how to groom to learning to ride and whatever skill level is your goal, you know, she can make it happen. So she's wonderful. So um, did your, your kids started off in her program then young, obviously? Yes, my youngest was you know, five. Yeah, so I think it has been five years. She was five years old. Um, lead line. She started lead line. And uh, my 13-year-old was still walk trot. And now she's obviously 13 and under. So, yeah, they started with her and, and they're doing wonderfully. So what time do you show tonight and what will your attire be for your, your competition? Hi. <laughs> oh, hi, baby. Um, what was the question? I'm sorry. Attire for tonight and, and what time will you be competing? Um, it'll be a late night. Uh, I'm in the main arena and they don't start till I think 7 or 8 o'clock and I'm a little ways down. So it may be 10 o'clock before I show. Um, so it'll be a late night, but I actually have a new jacket that I just got made and uh, it's beautiful. It's blue and I've got a little crystal bit on my collar. So I'm very excited about that. We'll be fancy and... Um, that's it. Do you have nerves? Yes, I do. I do. Um, I always am nervous before I go in. And then once I'm in the ring, you know, then you're there and you just have to make it happen. So, but yeah, definitely. Anything special you do to overcome the butterflies when you're competing, especially at higher levels like this and you, you're trying to really do well. And, and obviously you want to, you, you don't want to show your kids that you have nerves, give them nerves as well. Right. So anything that you do in particular to kind of help you get ready for that? Um, deep breathing always helps, but you know, I always in my mind have to tell myself, I have to think about my ride and I can't think about the ribbon and that helps keep me focused on what I need to do when I go in. Wonderful. Anything else you want to tell us about, um, about the breed, about Elizabeth, about World Equestrian Center? Well, I am just, we are all thrilled. I think everyone at this show is thrilled to be at this facility for our Region 12 Championship show. It's, there's not any other place in the country like this. So it's so exciting to be here. And um, I wouldn't trade Elizabeth Pizzonia training for anything in the world. She's wonderful. And uh, she's like a second mother to my children. She's just wonderful. And we're excited to be here. Good luck tonight. We hope to see you uh, do very well. I know you will, both of you. <laughs> I'm Louisa Varden here at World Equestrian Center at the Regional 2 Arabian Show with Brianna Foley and Titanium, who's been very entertaining. Thank you to our presenting sponsor, Palm Chevrolet, and our broadcast and television sponsor, Larson Hay, and also to our supporting sponsors, Equisafe, Nirvana Medical Spa, Showcase Properties of Central Florida, the Equine Performance and Innovative Center, and Summit Joint Performance. Nirvana, Ocala's premier medical spa, is leading the way in great skin with all the newest in treatment options, offering prejuvenation for younger clients and rejuvenation for all ages. Nirvana knows you want to look your very best, but we've all seen people with the telltale signs of too much work. We want you to look like you, just better, brighter and younger, with all the newest and best in technology and all in the most beautiful surroundings. Like Nirvana Medical Spa on Facebook and find them on the web at nirvanamedicalspa.com. Become a better, brighter and younger you. This hour of the Horse Talk Show is presented by Palm Chevrolet in Ocala, where the entire team is committed to making your experience in sales and services hassle-free and easier than ever, with no games or gimmicks. Come in and visit on Southwest College Road or online at palmchevrolet.com. A second to none experience with all the amenities. Palm Chevy, find new roads. Hey, this is Hall of Fame jockey Mike Smith. We're listening to the Horse Talk Show. I'm Louisa Barton with the Horse Talk Show and Equus TV here at the beautiful World Equestrian Center. We have a phenomenal Arabian show going on and I'm here with Kendall Paris who's competing this weekend in the show. Kendall, thanks for being with us. Tell us a little bit about you. Uh, I'm 21 and I'm currently a student at USF in Tampa studying psychology and I've been riding since I was eight. Uh, this is my horse Vision, being a bit of a 
<laughs> butthead right now. <laughs> yeah. He's enjoying being a star. Yep. <laughs> so Vision in Blue. And how old is Vision in Blue? He is five years old. Yeah. So quite young. Yeah. Um, and how long have you been riding him? Um, since he was three. We've actually had him since he was a baby. Oh, that's wonderful. Um, tell us a little bit about this weekend and kind of your hopes um, for, for what he'll do in the show. And you compete later on this afternoon. Um, tell us a little bit about that. So this is actually only his second show, and we're going to be showing in the sport horse uh, section of the show. Um, I'm going to be in dressage type, and all I really want to do is get top five. Just have a good ride, a good clean ride with him. Yeah. So what is your kind of end goal with, um, with Vision? Where do you want to go and kind of what do you want to achieve? And, um, and, and do you have a, a plan to, to accomplish that? So with him, I mostly just want to get us really consistent and hopefully come back here next year for regionals um, when we're more consistent and maybe even go to nationals with him. That would be a lot of fun, I think, because he's a good boy. He really is, especially for being so young and so much going on. Has he been alarmed by kind of all the busyness, especially only being his second show? He's been a little spooky about some stuff, but he's been a lot better than I thought he would be. And tell us about the class you compete in. What do you wear and, uh, and what do you actually have to ask him to do in order to be in the running to, to get a ribbon or win or, or at least do well? So in the class we're showing in, we had to wear the white jodhpurs, a black jacket, the tall boots, hat. Um, what I'm going to ask of him is to like show collection at all the gates, be like collected under himself and just look forward and willing. Yeah. So, yeah. And how many will be in your class with you? I'm not entirely sure, actually, but I think it should be a good size class. And this is going to be in the outdoor ring? It's going to be in ring one, I believe. So it's going to be one of the indoor arenas. And what do you think about being here at World Equestrian Center, this facility? I think it's really cool. It's one of the most amazing facilities I've ever been to. So it's been a really fun time so far incredible well um kendall i want to thank you for chatting to us and and letting us meet a vision in blue he certainly is a uh, a wonderful young horse well behaved and we wish you all the best and good luck kendall paris here at world equestrian center with a vision in blue who hopefully will get to see uh, take a ribbon and do well for her very young horse so very well behaved and uh, certainly impressed uh, by this breed louisa barton for the horse talk show Hey, this is Hall of Fame jockey Mike Smith. We're listening to the Horse Talk Show. I'm Louisa Varton with the Horse Talk Show and Equus TV at the beautiful World Equestrian Center with Juvia Summer and her horse, Stewie. As all of you know, he's one of my favorites. I love to visit Stewie. Uh, Juvia, tell us a little bit about you and your horse. Um, Stewie is a 14, actually he's 15 this year, year old Arabian horse. He is a purebred hunter horse, so we compete in hunter pleasure together. Um, this is our, I believe it's our fourth or fifth regionals together. Um, I've had him since he was nine. He is just a very good boy and quite the character, <laughs> as you can see. <laughs> He really is. He goes downtown and visits people. He loves people. He's a very personable horse, certainly. Um, tell us what he's accomplished this week as far as uh, in the ring. So, so far this week, um, he has been reserve champion in our showmanship class. This is our first time showing here as an amateur. So we've aged out of the youth classes. So he's been reserve in the showmanship so far. Um, but we have a class tonight and our evening session in the Grand Arena. What are your goals to accomplish with Stewie? And, and as far as his age, like 14 or 15, where is that kind of in the, um, uh, you know, in the, in the showing age group for Arabians? I'm going to jump around here so that I don't have to keep passing you the mic. Um, kind of how long do they usually show for? And, um, and, and what do you hope to accomplish with him as you press on? Yeah, so um, the Arabian horses are very a hardy breed, so they go for quite a long time. Um, the first national champion that um, some of them have won have even been in their late teens. I think the horse that won national champion this year was later in his years. Um, so really, they can go for a long time. So as of right now, we don't really have any plans to stop anytime soon. Yeah, yep. 
Now, um, you take him to a lot of events and things. You've taken him to a lot of expos and parades and, and, and taken him downtown and everything. How do you work with him to get him where he's not spooked by all of that? Because I've noticed how well he does with crowds and noises and stagecoach and all kinds of things going on. Talked a little bit about some of his training and, and how he's so sensible. So really, I think it's a lot just spending time with him, um, creating a bond with him. Um, anywhere that I want to take him, he'll go. We don't really do anything like desensitizing wise, but um, he has a lot of trust in me. So I think once he sees that I'm like, it's okay, we're here, it's cool, then he's like, all right, this is fine. <laughs> Now, this is your first time competing at World Equestrian Center, um, your first show here. Tell us a little bit about the experience, I, the most incredible facility probably in the world for equestrians. Yeah, this is a beautiful facility. I would say it's probably the best one that we'll be in so far. Um, it's amazing. Everything is so detailed for the horse to be here and be comfortable. They love it. They are like feel like they're at home, especially the stalls. They can open their windows and then we can stick their heads out and they love it. They love to be able to look around, see what's happening. Yeah, definitely tailored to the horse for sure. And what class you're competing? You said later on this evening, what class are you in uh, this evening? Um, we are in the Arabian Hunter Pleasure, so it's for purebred Arabians um, tonight. It's an amateur class, so a bunch of amateur riders, 18 and up. Um, yep. And what will you be wearing for that, and what will Stewie be expected to show that he can do? Um, so the Hunter class, um, I'll be wearing a coat, a hunt coat. I'll be wearing an undershirt, breeches, and tall boots. And it's a Hunter class, so they want him moving forward and lower than they would for a country horse, like a saddle seat horse, up high. They're more round in their body, fluid in their movement. Um, so yeah, that's what we'll be doing. Um, I've shown him in that class my whole show career with him, but now we're amateurs, so we're stepping it up from the youth division. Yeah. That's amazing. Um, how versatile is this breed? Seems to be very versatile. I know a, a number of people that have this breed and do a lot of different things with Arabians. They are probably the most versatile breed. They really can go in any division, any class. We have some that jump, some that do western, some that do dressage, endurance. They're what they're known for a lot too. Um, they really will just do anything. They're very personable horses, so anything that their human wants them to do, they're like, okay, I'm down. They'll they'll do it all. He's definitely down for a kiss, yeah. for sure. What made you fall in love with the Arabian? Um, I just really think it is how personable they are. They really just want to be with their people. They're a people horse. Um, I mean, they used to be with the Bedouins in their tents. So they're, from the beginning, I think they've just always loved humans. So just their character, their personality. I mean, they're beautiful too, but a lot of just how they are as a horse. I'm all about if I had a tent, my horse would definitely be in it. Yeah. I've had horses and cows in the house before, so I get the tent uh, for sure. Well, Stewie, good luck tonight. Uh, I know you'll always do well. You always do. Yes. Even at chewing the, the microphone that's now been chewed by a derby winner. Juvia Summer, good luck to you. Thank you so much for always sharing Stewie with us. He certainly is a character, and we wish you both all the best. I'm Louisa Barton for the Horse Talk Show and Equus TV here at World Equestrian Centre with Stewie and Juvia. Thank you to our presenting sponsor, Palm Chevrolet, and our broadcast and television sponsor, Larson Hay, and also to our supporting sponsors, Equisafe, Nirvana Medical Spa, Showcase Properties of Central Florida, the Equine Performance and Innovative Center, and Summit Joint Performance. World-class equine rehab promoting faster recovery is available at the Equine Performance Center Ocala. Hyperbaric oxygen therapy and underwater treadmill, a saltwater spa, an aquapacer, magna wave, a vibration plate, swimming pool, massage and laser therapies. With post-surgical care, memberships, packages and BOGOs, EPC delivers a rejuvenated horse through proven and innovative rehab. Like Equine Performance Center now on Facebook and find them on the web at epcrehab.com. This show was brought to you in part by TT Distributors, dedicated to bringing their customers the largest selection of quality horse supplements, products, and farrier supplies in Florida at affordable prices. Also online at ttdistributors.com. Hi, this is Hall of Fame jockey Mike Smith. We're listening to the Horse Talk Show. I'm Louisa Barton for the Horse Talk Show and Equus TV. 
actually here at Old Friends visiting Michael Blowen and his uh, wonderful horses here, um, retired from the thoroughbred industry, I met a, uh, a young lady who is going to talk a little bit about her, Samantha Ali Jackson, uh, the Optimum Horse, and uh, she's telling me some very interesting things, so I'd like to learn a little more. Tell us about what you do and why. Sure. Uh, it's Savannah. Oh, sorry. That's all right. Happens all the time. <laughs> Let's correct that. Okay. <laughs> Savannah Ali Jackson with the Optimum Horse here at Old Friends is going to share with us a little bit about what she does and why. So, Savannah, tell us. Yeah. So, um, I have found over practicing with horses as uh, in body work for the last 20 years, I have developed a system that is entirely unique and I feel it has the possibility to really like open a whole new world and a field of study with horses and what I have found is most of the asymmetries that we deal with in horses or how they have loading patterns or handedness is actually a birth phenomenon and it's something that I have trademarked that is called birth physiology and it predicts a pattern in the horses bodies that is actually correctable and that's what I have now teaching to people and showing other people how to identify and pinpoint their pain and I believe it has the potential to become the universal standard of how we evaluate horses' asymmetries and pinpoint their pain, but also be able to measure it and correct it. So tell us a little bit how, if, if I brought my 35-year-old Tennessee Walker to you and, yeah. and said, um, take a look at him and, and tell me what you see. You know, he has a little bit of soreness on his uh, left rear, some in his stifle. Um, he still wants to go and go and go all the time. I can't slow him down. He still wants to go on trail rides and be in the lead. But sometimes he's a little bit sore on that, on that left rear where, you know, he's a Tennessee walker. He's probably just overextended, you know, a few times, in it, more than a few times in his life. Um, what would you do with him, first of all, to kind of try and narrow that down and evaluate? Sure. No, great question. And by the way, is he also a little bit sore occasionally on his right front? Yes, so that's a perfect example of why I've identified as a birth physiology left-hipped pattern. So it's the way they come out the birth canal, and it can be, it's really very understudied. I feel it's a really missing link um, for the whole industry, so it's very exciting. But so with your horse, um, I would watch him walk, and I would try to determine where his birth physiology is. There's obviously layers to it, but it's all the same approach. And with what you just told me, I would then start by finding his left side and really opening his body with um, myofascial work. And there's a combination of energy work that I do, and I also also look at the source of their, this horse's stress. So when we identify the source, it actually, can, and then correct that, we can actually get them back into their own natural healing state. And we're also restoring their natural symmetric posture, which most horses never have been. Like, I swear all these guys are probably having the same the same stuff, even though they've had all the great work, you know, the chiropractic and the acupuncture. I mean, that's really what, you know, what brought me here. But so and then I would systematically go through his whole body and release his body and his body would actually it's all soft tissue work. So it it holds and it's permanent because we're combining those two things and then they just stay. It's pretty phenomenal. <laughs> So in the, in the racehorse world, that would actually be a huge benefit for many of these horses before races and even soreness after races, right? 100%. Yeah. I mean, I feel, and that's part of why I moved here to Kentucky was to really get involved with some of the research and really addressing some of these um, things because they can be addressed, you know, young, you know, like a year old, two years old, even before they start training and just set the horse up for success for their whole lives instead of like waiting for the shoe to drop, you know, or something's going to happen. And this is like... One of my sayings is a lot of the problems that we've had in racing or other, you know, sports with sport horses is that the riding has been on the wall for a long time. We just haven't gotten a good system to identify it. And so this actually gives us both a way to identify it and also correct it and then recheck it. So you can see it before it's going to happen and become something traumatic, career ending or, you know, of course, worse. So if you find a problem when you're doing this, you then direct the person to the veterinarian or, or make some recommendations? I, I train people to do this themselves because it's actually something you can do. It's very systematic and there's research behind it. Um, I'm excited to work with some of the vets here that I'm making contact with and they're excited about it. But it collaborates with, you know, that field of work. So I usually work with a vet and we talk about what's been found or not been found or where to look. And a lot of times I work with um, some of the local rehab facilities where the vets cannot find anything and they're just kind of at their wits end. And I go in and work and we actually bring that horse back to a place where it, it wasn't going to go. <laughs> 
So it's pretty, it's pretty amazing. How did you discover this and how long have you been doing it? That's a great question too. Um, I have always been horse crazy, you know, my whole life and always had this dream to do re rehabilitative sports type medicine on the big horse athletes. And I was going to go through vet school at Oregon State and, um, and I got derailed from that path and actually went back into riding full time and became a rider, trainer, assistant trainer. And one of the things that really bothered me for many, many years was like, you know, all these horses were getting all the great stuff, the chiropractic and the acupuncture and the, and the teeth and the feet and the great riding. And yet it never felt like we were getting ahead of the curve. Like there was, it wasn't, and it wasn't permanent. And so it just left me really dissatisfied. And over many, many years, you know, as a rider, I noticed like a lot of the horses felt very similar from one to the next. And I'm like, there's got to be something to this. There's got to be something out there that's better. And so it kind of set me on this search. And long story short, I met the first mentor that really opened up that world for me. But I had quit riding a few times because I was so disillusioned with the industry. And I'm just like, Ugh. you know, it just wasn't that much fun anymore. But I loved horses. so I kept going back. And so anyway, I found this mentor and he opened the door for me. And then from there, just working on the horses and all the knowledge that I'd already had and gathered from riding and working with a lot of other amazing professionals, I just started putting it together and I started working on younger and younger horses. I'm like, this isn't from riding. It's not from saddles. It's not from people. What's going on here? And I'm like, it has to be birth. And so I really looked into that field of study and I was like, the more I've seen, I can actually now watch a baby be born like a normal birth and whichever foot comes out first will tell you where their pelvis is. <laughs> It's pretty amazing. That's a normal birth. Then you get into a whole abnormal birth, and that's a whole other can of worms. But this still corrects it. This is so interesting because I've always had a theory about humans uh -huh. and about the way that they're born affects them throughout their whole life. So I find this fascinating because I've, I've had a theory about stressy births and easy births and people's personalities and everything. I've, I've had this theory. So it's funny that you're kind of connecting the horses back to that and, and whether or not maybe they have a more traumatic and they're coming out and maybe, like you said, what foot's first. And yeah. it's really interesting. Yeah. And it really has to do with just how they need to move, position their body to come out the birth canal and how they lay in the womb. And it corresponds to a lot of other patterns that I've worked with horses over the years. You know, what, what foot's bigger when they're loading, you know, the, the high-low syndrome in their front feet and where they usually get injured or where they have a hard time turning, you know, most horses will dive to the right. Or, you know, like you watch even horses coming out the start gate, how many of them go poop, <laughs> you know, and it's not right or error, <laughs> you know, in fact, that's what they learn to correct. So it's just, it just is a whole beautiful field that's just really been fun to work with and there's just so much more to, to do. I can't wait. <laughs> how interesting. So tell us how we can find you if we have questions. Sure. Um, so theoptimumhorse.com is our website and on Facebook, The Optimum Horse. I have a course page, but you can just find me there, Savannah Alley Jackson. I'm pretty easy to find. Just do a search and um, I'd love to chat with you. And I just love teaching and love just helping people with their horses and helping them learn because that's really what's what it's about. Well, when you're in Ocala, I'd like you to come and see Sonny. He's 35 years old and I know he'd love to see you. Definitely. Thank you so much so for joining us. A real treat to see you. Thanks for being a listener already. We love that. Uh, I'm here with Samantha Ali Jackson. Savannah Ali Jackson. I, I've got a, she looks like a Samantha. I, it's well, just a pretty like name. Like, I did it. Now I did. Now I did it twice. <laughs> Savannah Ali Jackson with the Optimus, Optimum Horse. And you can find her on the web at theoptimumhorse.com and reach out. And uh, she may be able to help you and answer some questions you've had about your horse for quite a while, just like me. I'm Louisa Barton for the Horse Talk Show and Equus TV here at Old Friends with Savannah.